0: Good afternoon and welcome to Letter to Philippi, our daily time looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians, Letter to Philippi, as each day we'll be going through, verse by verse, through Paul's letter to the people of Philippi, also known as the Letter to the Philippians. And today we are on chapter 4 of the letter, verses 10 through 18, as today we'll be moving toward the end of the, the letter. Tomorrow will be the concluding, verses 19 through 23, of Paul's letter to the people of Philippi, as he's giving these final words to the people in Philippi that he cares so much about. So we'll begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll go into our study for today. Oh Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for each day we have to live in your service, to be living as slaves of the Messiah. We thank you for this word you've given us by your holy servant, Paul. Help us, our lives, be changed today because of looking at these words. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the life that we have in the Messiah, in whose holy name we pray. Amen. So, again, my name is Sean Emsley. This is Literature Philippi Live, a daily Monday through Friday teaching broadcast at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Chicago Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And 10 p.m. Jerusalem time, I still need to pick a a a, a east coast east coast uh, city to to represent. But now we have our broadcast at New Non Pacific time. So again, we'll be looking at Philippians chapter four verses 10 through 8 today, as we move toward the conclusion of uh, the Paul's letter to the Philippians and the conclusion of our third time going through this important book. Over this last year, we started on June 1st, was our first broadcast in this year, looking at a verse-by-verse study through Paul's letter to the Philippians, and today we will continue that study, and uh, we will be looking at Philippians 4, 10 through 18. Wrong button. Let me all my... Okay, my audio and everything is going well. So we'll be looking at Philippians 4, 10 through 18 today. A section that I entitled Love and Thankfulness for the Philippians. And we read. We'll first start looking at verses ten through twelve. So I'll add the the scripture to the screen here. We'll actually go full screen on that. In union with the Lord, I greatly rejoice that now, after this long time, you've let your concern for me express itself again. Of course. You were concerned for me all along, but you have had no opportunity to express it. Not that I am saying this to call attention to any need of mine. As far as I'm concerned, I have learned to be content regardless of circumstances. I know what it is to be in want. I know it is what it is to have more than enough. In everything and in everything and every way, I have learned the secret of being full and being hungry, of having abundance and being in need. These verses show the deep mutual love that Paul shared with the Philippians, as he gave his all to them in bringing the message of the Messiah. To them and cared for them as their shepherd from prison. They too showed their love in financial giving and in sending Epaphroditus to be their emissary to Paul in prison. Paul teaches them a powerful lesson of living and being content in all circumstances. He clarifies he's not needing or requesting anything else from the Philippians, but just sharing that his contentment in whatever situation he is in and calls people in Philippi to understand the import of being content in in whatever circumstances of life you have, whether you have much or you have little, the importance to know that God will provide for your needs. Then we move to verse 13, which continues reading. And I can do all things through him who gives me power. In this famous or very familiar verse, Paul expresses complete trust in Yeshua for his needs and also for the empowerment to do his work of ministry. Paul's trust is secure in the power to do all things, does not rest on him, but is found in the faithfulness of God made known to him in Messiah Yeshua. From his own experience, Paul encourages the Yeshua followers of Philippi. To tap into divine power for their service to God and the messianic community. There's empowerment for service, not a blanket promise of divine power for all aspects of life or for all pursuits. So many times this verse has been used incorrectly saying that I can do all things, you know, so so for an athlete that I'm a quarterback of the team, that I will throw six touchdowns this week and we'll we'll go on and win the championship. No, this, this, this empowerment is not for just anything we want, any desire we have, but specifically for divine power, for doing things that serve the God of Israel, serve others, and the empowerment for acts of service, for empowerment to do holy acts, for performing of the mitzvot, This is is divine empowerment for service to God. And Paul here assures the Philippians of divine empowerment for good works and the spread of the good news. We can see Paul echoing Messiah Yeshua's promise to his Talmudim of divine empowerment for those walking in God's ways and observing the teachings of Yeshua. Yeshua, righteous Messiah, said, this is John, Yohanan 14, 15-17, which you read, If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforting counselor like me, the Spirit of truth, to be with you forever. The world cannot receive him, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he's staying with you, and you'll be knighted with you. Let's read this again. Those are powerful words from our righteous Messiah. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforting counselor like me, the Spirit of truth, to be with you forever. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him because he is staying with you and will be united with you. John 14, 15, through 17. Just as Yeshua promised the Holy Spirit to those who observed his commands and walked in his example, Paul can confidently commend to the Philippians the assurance of Holy Spirit empowerment as they sure serve Yeshua. This empowerment of God, that I, that as, as as Paul said, I can do all things through Messiah who strengthens me. This empowerment by God, empowerment by the, the Messiah of Israel through, this, through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of God, the Comforter, in so doing acts of righteousness, acts of of service, there's the empowerment and the ability to do these things because they bring glory to the God of Israel and they bring glory to the Messiah of Israel. And Paul is saying here that if, if you desire to serve God, desire to make the Messiah known, there is that empowerment that you can tap into, the spirit empowerment that only comes through the Rock the spirit of the living God. In verse 14, we read, nevertheless, it was good for you to share in my trouble. Paul shares here how the love that he has for the Philippians was grounded in their faithfulness to him, especially in his own time of need. In addition to the financial gifts that they sent him, which he will mention in the upcoming verses, the Philippians also sent Epaphroditus, a member of the Philippian community, to serve Paul in prison, and they supported Paul through prayer. In short, Paul is deeply grateful to the Philippians for all their support, for their financial support, their physical support sending Epaphroditus to be with them, and also their prayer support And we see that he calls them co-workers in ministry, then their work in making the Messiah known in Philippi. So these four areas, there's a sharing, sharing in his trouble, sharing in his work. And Paul says it's important for them to share in his trouble, to share in his work of making the Messiah known, both in, in joy and in suffering. In verse 15, we read, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the early days of my time spreading the good news, when I left Macedonia, not a single congregation shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, only you. Paul refers to his work in Macedonia, now modern day Greece, as the early days of his ministry even though he had started earlier to bring the good news to Asia Minor. In Macedonia, Paul's mission to the Gentiles began in great measure, as his work was, was now to mostly Gentile-majority cities. They could see his apostleship to the Gentiles to have started. In force in Philippi, as, as he acknowledged the thankfulness of the Philippians for launching his new work to bring the Messiah to the mostly Gentile world, bringing the goodness of the Messiah now to Europe, which was the end of the, end of the, end of the world of that time, going west. As Messiah Yeshua told the Talmudim in Acts 1.8, to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. Going west from Jerusalem, Spain was, basic, was what was known as the end of the world. Paul, Paul through his work now, going to the European continent, was now truly entering the uttermost parts of the world with the message of Messiah Yeshua. Though Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 9, 6-14, through 14, that he and others involved in reclaiming the good news of Yeshua should get their income from those to whom they minister, Paul did not seek financial support from the congregations he started and guided as a shepherd. With the Philippians, he made an exception, grounded in their love for him, and his love for them grounded this desire the Paul. Paul, as he said in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 9, 6, 14, he makes it clear that those who proclaim the good news of the Messiah, those who preach the word of God, should get their income from those to whom they minister. But Paul chose not to seek financial support from the congregation he started and guide as a shepherd, Except for the Philippians, he accepted financial giving from them because of their deep love for him, for their deep connection to him. He knew that that they were faithful to him, and he could accept from them financial giving toward his work. In the other communities he visited, he, he did not accept financial giving for his work. He didn't make the collection for the congregation in, in Jerusalem, but only from the Philippians did he actually receive financial giving for his ministry, for his work in making the Messiah known, because of their deep bond for him and their deep understanding that they were co-workers in the Messiah. Paul was mindful to avoid a patron client relation with his donors, which would have which would have hindered him from being independent of seeing new opportunities for service. In the first world of this first century, there was this, there was an understanding of of a patron and client relationship that those who were financial supporters of teachers or other or or others like, like Paul, that those who were giving to him had a say over his work, where he would, where he would preach, where he would teach. And Paul wanted to avoid that, to be independent and making the Messiah known wherever he, wherever he was taken by the spirit of God. So he, so he chose not to, enter into a patron-client relationship with the the congregations that he started so as to be independent, to do his work of making the Messiah known wherever he was available. And he said said this to the people of Philippi, I will accept financial giving from you because we have an understanding that we are co-workers and that we're not in a patron-client relationship. We're co-workers working together, supporting the one work of the Messiah. And in this, he gives an exception to his rule for the Philippians based on their being co-workers rather than being a patron client. Next, we come to verses 16 and 17. And We have verse 16 on the bottom of the slide here. Indeed, in Thessalonica, when I needed it, you sent me aid twice. Verse 17. I'm not seeking the gift. Rather, I'm looking to what will increase the credit balance of your account. Paul communes to the Philippians the real importance that they're giving to him is not solely for meeting his financial needs, but that in their giving, they're investing in his work. And by so, they are bearing fruit in their lives as a demonstration of their faith Come into the Messiah. It's interesting here. You the know, Paul Paul here is telling the people in Philippi that he that he's not seeking financial giving from the people of Philippi solely for his own needs. But, but because in their giving, they are participating in his work, that he is rejoicing, seeing that they're giving for him, though it does meet his financial needs. He does meet his his needs for continuing his work. The most important thing to Paul here is that those in Philippi are giving to the work of being being co-workers with him in the Messiah. That in their faithful giving, they are working side by side with Paul. And Paul commends them for that. Though yes, he needs the money for his financial his financial needs. But Paul here is, is calling the people of Philippi that they show their faithfulness to God by their giving. And that's what re- he really re- rejoices in, their giving to the work of the Messiah. Though it does, as I said, it does meet his physical needs. It does meet his needs to continue his work. But the greater, great, greater measure is that it shows the people's faithfulness to God. The people in Philippi were faithful to God by their giving. To the work of Paul. And We'll conclude today looking at verse 18. And that will conclude our time for today. And we read, I've been more than paid in full. I have been filled since I received from Epaphroditus the gifts you have sent. They are a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, one that pleases God as well. Let me read that again as we can as we conclude our time together. I have been more than paid in full. I have been filled since I received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, one that pleases God well. Thanking the Philippians for their gifts, Paul here makes a biblical analogy from Leviticus chapter one verses Leviticus chapters one. Leviticus chapters 1-4, through citing citing the fragrant aroma of the burnt offerings of the Torah. The offerings are offered in the tabernacle and later in the Holy Temple. By referring to the gifts from the Philippians as gifts offered to God, Paul is distancing himself from being in debt to the Philippians. In so doing, he's calling their gifts a sacrifice to God and not just a gift to Paul but their financial giving to him is truly being given to God as a sacrifice, as, as a gift offered on, on the altar to the Holy One. Also, by calling the gifts a gift to sacrifice to God, Paul can hold fast to his commitment to not preach the gospel for his own gain, as he shared in his letter to the Thessalonians, where Paul wrote, for you yourselves know how you must imitate us, that you are not idle that we were not idle when you were among us. We did not accept anyone's food without paying. On the contrary, we labored and toiled day and night, working so as not to be a burden to anyone. It was not that we hadn't the right to be supported, but so that we could make ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command, if someone won't work, he shouldn't eat. As Paul commends the Philippians for their lives of service to him and the Messiah, Yeshua, he clarifies that the devotion has matured to be an acceptable offering to God. Paul uses here language from the Torah to show that their giving to him was a sacrificial offering to God, a sacrificial offering brought to the God of Israel. It's not just that they were giving money to him to for his, his living expenses, for his traveling expenses. But their giving was truly an act of sacrifice, an act of worship to God. When met his physical needs, it was truly an act of worship to the God of Israel. The willingness to give to Paul proved that the people in Philippi had learned well and were now imitating Yeshua in their daily lives. In much the same way as later rabbinic teaching, was substitute prayer and vote for the temple sacrifice, Paul here imputes sacrificial status to the work of the Philippians on his behalf. As we see, as we see, as we see Paul here telling the people of Philippi that their financial giving to him is truly an act of worship, a truly a sacrifice offered to the God of Israel. He moves beyond beyond just seeking financial financial means for himself. And violating, as he said, his, his his usual status, his usual practice of not receiving funds from the communities he he, uh, he he spoke to and established. But here he was calling the people of Philippi to understand that because of their giving to him, it was truly an act of worship on their part and as an acceptable gift to God. And in so doing, he accepted it in that way as a gift from them to God for the work of the Messiah throughout the world. And Paul calls on the people of Philippi to understand that they are partnering with him and making the Messiah known through their giving to him. And he is thankful for that, and he applauds them for having the spiritual maturity to give to him as an act of worship. So Paul here in this in these These concluding words to the chapter, including concluding verses to this to this letter, is giving these final words to the people of Philippi to understand that one, they can have confidence in God, knowing that they'll be empowered by God's Spirit to live for Him and to do acts of service. That as he said in verse thirteen, I can do all things through Messiah, Yeshua strengthens me. That this is a word. Of encouragement that God will empower through his ruckus, Kodesh, through his spirit acts of, of work and service for the God of Israel and he speaks about his contentment in all things in life and calls the Philippians and us by example to be willing to be content in whatever our situation is knowing that God is faithful and he will provide for us and finally as we concluding here we see Paul commending the people of, of Philippi, for giving to his work, partnering with him financially as an offering offered before the God of Israel. As the sacrifices given in the tabernacle and the holy temples, Paul here is saying that their giving toward his work, his, their financial giving, was truly an act of worship to the God of Israel. So that will conclude our time today. We looked at Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 18. Tomorrow we'll conclude the book with Philippians 4, 19-23, a section that I, I uh, entitled Words of Blessing and Encouragement, the final five verses of this letter, and we'll conclude our third time this year going through Paul's letter to the Philippians, and we'll begin beginning anew later this week, starting into the introduction and uh, beginning beginning with the uh, the new year, the new civil year, with uh, chapter one of, of Philippians. We continue this ongoing daily study looking at Paul's letter to Philippi. And I appreciate you watching. Letter to Philippi Live is a, is a daily broadcast Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Chicago time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time, coming to you Monday through Friday. This is an initiative of Letter to Philippi, a new Messianic Jewish theological teaching organization, in which I'm the founder and teacher. And you can find out more at lettertophilippi.org, where you can watch previous classes, you can purchase a copy of our my commentary on Philippians, you can make a a contribution to our work, as with as with Paul, we look upon your giving toward the work of, of letter to Philippi, though it does meet our financial needs, uh, keeping this broadcasting going and also o- offering some a small level of of of, uh, of financial support to my, to me personally as the teacher. But it's truly the import of, of your giving to the work of letter to Philippi is truly, as Paul talked to the people of Philippi, that it's a matter of an offering to God. It's a matter of... Of participating in the work of making the Messiah known, in participating in the work of encouraging the faith of those who are Talmudim Yeshua, and in so it's an act, a holy act of worship, a holy act of sacrifice to God, and we appreciate truly appreciate as we conclude this year, we have big plans for 2022, but that will will include your work in supporting our work through. Going to letter to Philippi.org, making a contribution there, either one time or even better a monthly contribution, to this work of making the Messiah known and developing a Messianic Jewish theology for the 21st century that is firmly ground, grounded in the tradition of our people, the, the Torah of Israel, the Brichadashah, the words of, of our Messiah Yeshua, and living within Jewish space. Jewish community. And we call you to join with us, partner with our work by supporting the work of Letter to Philippi with your contribution at lettertophilippi.org. And again, as I said, in 2022, we have several big initiatives we're looking to. We're going to be expanding our Messian Jewish review of books. We'll be coming out with our first publication of Letter to Philippi, the Haggadah Shel Seyedot Mashiach, the, the Messiah's Feast, the goddess. And we'll actually have a corresponding service on April 23rd, both live here in Los Angeles and also live streaming of a Seyodot Mashiach, a final Seder of Passover, honoring the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and soon return of Messiah Yeshua within the context of Passover. He's concluding including hours of Passover focused on the greater redemption brought through Messiah Yeshua. And to celebrate our coming King in this holy period of time, and we'll also be looking to to be adding a class on the on the Good News according to Yochanan, entitled the Torah the Torah became flesh, and we'll be looking at that on looking to do that on Thursday evenings, and we'll have more information as we we solidify that. So we have a lot of things planned for 2022 and we'd appreciate you both watching our, our programming, participating in our classes, and also supporting our our work in prayer and financially. So again, thank you for watching. It's a letter to Philippi live and we will see you tomorrow as we conclude the book of Philippians, our third time going through it this year with words of blessing and encouragement, Philippians four, 19 through 23. So have a good day for now shalom blessings and we'll see you tomorrow as we conclude this this time going through Paul's letter to the Philippians shalom